This past weekend in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, a uh, black man was shot and killed by police. Um, 20-year-old Dante Wright was driving his mother's car when he was pulled over for having an air freshener in his rear view mirror, which I learned was an offense you to be pulled over for. But I can guarantee you that I would never be pulled over for that because I am white and Dante is black. Um, when he was pulled over, he was asked, asked to leave the vehicle, um, which, again, I've been pulled over twice, not as the driver, but as a passenger with white drivers, have never been asked that to be out of the vehicle, even though one guy I was with was speeding, 15 over, and the other guy had a headlight out. So, both times, neither of them were asked to leave the vehicle. Um, they've they decided he has he had a warrant out for his arrest, which was apparently for a um, being arrested for having a a joint, which is a misdemeanor in in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And he pleaded guilty to it and was on a payment plan to pay the fine back. But apparently, that meant he had a warrant. Um, he tried to get back into his car, and at that point, um, the officer, Kim Potter, mistook her taser for her gun and shot Dante Wright and killed him. Whether this was a mistake or not, it is manslaughter. If it was, if it was not a mistake, it is murder. Um, Kim Potter has since resigned. Police Chief Tim Gannon has since resigned. Uh, Potter should be prosecuted and or charged and prosecuted and hopefully brought to justice. But at, the same thing is happening further down the the street in Minneapolis with the whole trial of Derek Chauvin. The cities seem to go through this every year now at this point, and it seems to be happening with increasing regularity. And I just want to point this out at the beginning of the show that Black Lives Matter. If you don't think that, please don't listen. Unfollow us. Unsubscribe. I really don't give a fuck. If you don't believe that, we don't want you as a listener. Justice for Dante Wright. Justice for George Floyd. to a brand new episode of We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, virtually alongside Sasha, oh, shoot, Fleischman? No, no, that's Polish, isn't it? I did Kharkov last week, right? Yeah. Oh, Sasha, bear on a unicycle. Oh, I thought you would have gone with Stoli. Oh, Stoli! <laughs> it was right there! No. <laughs> well... Thank you, thank you, Caleb Odegaard. It's uh, it's good to be back. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, we have our Western Conference final or my conference finals, not that our Western Conference <laughs> yeah. preview happening this week ahead of Minnesota's first game this Friday night in Seattle. The a 
replay of a rematch of the uh, Western Conference Finals from last year. But, but first, I saw this awesome thread on Reddit. It was a, on the Ask Reddit subreddit, which is one of my favorites. The question was, what is your favorite SpongeBob quote? Oh, man. This is so <laughs> It's hard, many... isn't it? It's hard. There's so many. Yeah. I was just strolling through that last night and just laughing my ass off because they're so fun. They're just so funny. I, I think the <clears throat> it was an episode where they like, I forgot who the superheroes are, but they're super old. And uh, <laughs> they, they steal the belt, I think. Oh, and yeah. uh, Patrick oh. is talking about like, oh, you had it turned to M for Minnie. You got to turn it upside down for Wumbo. Yeah. It's first grade, SpongeBob. Wombology, the study of Wumbo. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually changed my Twitter bio to this, but it's uh, Patrick going, the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. And then it goes to a thought bubble in his head and just a carton of milk spills over. It's one of my favorites. It's so funny. And then, like early early on, when Squidward's in like a full body cast, they're taking jelly jellyfish hunting or jelly jellyfish fishing, whatever it was called. I don't remember what it was called. But they try to to get him to grasp the the net and Patrick firmly grasp it. It just falls off. Firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. He stabs it through Squidward's hand. Yeah, that show is the start of the decline of our nation. No, no, it no, isn't. no, no. It's <laughs> the peak of television, peak of comedy. I think that show. Also, the the peak of comedy is the end of the Portland Thorns Kansas City game. That's right. NWSL is back. Uh, we have two newish teams in NWSL. One actual new team. Uh, Louisville started their their inaugural season with a two two draw. Uh, Gotham FC uh, un, uh, unveiled their new logo and jerseys, um, a rebrand from Sky Blue, uh, New Jersey Sky Blue, which I think is a very successful rebrand, and also some killer jerseys. Um, we also finally have the answers to why Gotham has so much crime. It's because it is is a city that's half in New York, half in New Jersey. <laughs> Officially, also, the team is, the, yeah, New York, yeah. New Jersey, Gotham FC. Yeah, yeah. and the reason there's so much crime is people keep shoplifting those awesome jerseys because they look so good. <laughs> then uh, Kansas City <laughs> FC, I'll take over from the U- Utah Royals, of the whole Deloy Hansen saga, um, and then with the Utah team moving to Kansas City, which happens, I think, early, late last year, that was announced. So, yeah. Uh, but the game of the week was definitely the Portland Thorns in Kansas City. Sasha, you watched this. Please explain what happened. Uh, yeah. So, all after the 90th minute, uh, there were four red cards that came out. One for Simone Charlie, one for Morgan Weaver, one for Kirsten Edmonds, and one for Thorns head coach Mark Parsons. Now, Mark Parsons got his because he was arguing with the ref over the card that Morgan Weaver got, which when we, they replayed what happened to her uh, by the corner, she was standing up, gets pushed by her opponent, uh, gets confrontational with her opponent, doesn't lay hands or anything against her, uh, and then her opponent uh, charges into her again. She gets up and gets the red card for having gotten followed twice, which is understandable. Well, then why Mark Parsons flipped out? 
Um, this was a very close game, so they, they, it was very heated. There were fans at Providence Park, which adds another element to it. And, like Nobody wants to get shown up in front of fans. So, yeah, the last five minutes uh, were, were crazy. Yeah, what actually was not crazy was uh, the women's national team beating France 2 to nothing. However, they did draw Sweden 1-1. Uh, Rapino with two goals, one in each game. Uh, Alex Morgan with a goal against France. Um, our record against France has been pretty good as of late. I think the last time we lost to them was January 2019. Of course, that it was the semifinals of the World Cup where we beat yeah. them. I was at Blackheart for that, and that might be one of my favorite games I've ever watched at Blackheart. It was so much fun. And it was packed. It was absolutely packed. So like the last time I've last time I've ever been like proud to chant USA, it was great. Yeah, this this however make me wonder if Sweden's gonna start bumping off the other European teams and they're gonna be the true threat threat at Tokyo this year because they were pretty good last World Cup. I think they made it to the quarter, at least to the quarterfinals, not the semis. So yeah, yeah. The Netherlands I think will also be pretty good in the Olympics. I th- we'll mm-hmm. we'll have a whole entire rundown when that happens this summer. Yeah. The Olymp of the Olympics, the uh, twenty twenty one Olympics in the twenty twenty one Olympics. That no, it's twenty twenty Tokyo Olympics in twenty twenty one. God, we should we should just redo twenty twenty <laughs> without the coronavirus. That'd be great. Can we do that? Is that possible? God, sadly no. Times arrow marches onward Jesus. as Bojack Horseman has taught me. Jesus, what a depressing <laughs> show! What a great show. <laughs> The complete opposite of SpongeBob SquarePants, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of down. other depressing things, Ooh. yeah, 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 yeah. Other depressing th- things. Atlanta beats uh, Alo. Uh, I Alohulense, I think it was two uh, 0 on aggregate, or was one 0 on aggregate. Either way, they they won on the next round in the Champions League. Portland faced Marathon tonight in the second leg. They are currently l- winning. Uh, 4-2 in aggregate with Yimmy Chara uh, scoring a brace. We'll do some quick Minnesota United news um, before we get into our Western Conference preview. Um, new signing. It's official now. It's been rumored for a long time, but Ramon Abila or Wanchope, Wanchope, I don't know how to pronounce his nickname, but I'll learn probably. A 31-year-old Argentinian striker um, came in last week, the day after we recorded, of course, mm-hmm. um, as is tradition. Um, came in to their preseason game, the last preseason game, as a sub and assisted on Justin McMaster's goal in a 3-2 loss to Orlando. Um, I mean, you can say, oh, he looked good, but you don't really know, but he's healthy, he played, he's not yet injured, unlike someone you might not recognize. Uh, Kevin Molino, out with a hamstring injury, out six to eight weeks to start the season. Um, and a familiar news story that sh- to Minnesota fans at least. Um, I think Adrian Heath, was, I don't know what show he was on or what, if it was in a print interview. Um, might have been with uh, Doogie of K-Fan, but where he said that uh, Columbus gave, gave uh, Kevin Molino a three-year contract guaranteed. And he's, he's 31 now. And uh, he thought that a three-year contract with for Molino, with his history of injuries at that age, was kind of a risky contract. And so far, 
Heath is correct because he didn't miss the first two months of the season. Um, yeah, so I guess we, we, we decried not signing Molino so much on this podcast. And yet, it might have been a good idea not to do that. Yeah, it kind of looks, kind of looks that way. Uh, so also, Mr. Uh, United loaned uh, Noah Billingsley to Phoenix Rising. Uh, that's our 2020 uh, first-round draft pick. Is uh, a fullback on loan to USL Championship. And that's it for Loon's News. Um, if you're listening to this tomorrow, when it should come out, then something's probably been announced. I don't know. These seem to wait until we're done recording to put whatever out there. Like, I don't know, like, we signed five different players, and now, yeah, our, our, our new mascot is a giant, is, or Pete has been revamped as a giant buff loon instead of, you know, just a regular old loon. Yeah, to the to, to Minnesota uh, social media manager, uh, why do you have this vendetta against us? I know you wait to break news until after we release our episodes. Uh, we're that high profile for you. <laughs> <laughs> we've so. we've never been described as high profile. <laughs> lots of, well, we've talk- maybe maybe high in a different way. Yeah, we've called lots of things <laughs> never high profile or important or whatever. <laughs> With that, let's move on to our MLS Western Conference preview. Um, and first off, I'd like to admit that we made a mistake last week, which happens very rarely on this podcast. Um, we talked about Austin FC last week. Um, they're actually in the West, which made sense because they're so are the other two Texas teams. Um, I would like to blame my dad who asked about the net, the who's going to be the best uh, recent expansion team. Because we just lumped Austin with the other three who are in the East. So um, he doesn't have Twitter, so you can't tweet angry messages at him. So I just tweet them at me and I'll pass them on. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about Austin last week. Uh, if you want to talk, listen to us talk about them, just listen to last, week, last week's episode. It's a pretty good episode, if you ask me. Uh, let's move to Colorado. Um, not much has happened for yeah. this team. Yeah, this is they've they've okay. First off, Colorado doesn't have a lot of money, and that's because of the <clears throat> history of their success or lack thereof. They did sign a a, a high profile goalkeeper from Lyon, William Yarborough, and they also took somebody from an opponent. They got Michael Barrio or Michelle Barrio from FC Dallas. But yeah, even in a year where teams aren't signing a lot, that's that seems insignificant. They have a, a good young core. Like Sam Vines played really well in the U23 uh, tournaments or whenever the U.S. played well. He also played pretty well. Um, Yarborough was like really hit or miss for them last year. He came in like halfway through, I think. I remember him being pretty poor against uh, Minnesota in the uh, in the playoff game, which was great. So, <laughs> good on to you, William. Uh, but signing Marco, Marco Barrios is, I think, is a good signing for Colorado. They have a lot of young guys who can do a whole lot. Uh, Andre Shinyashiti can be that guy on a team by game basis. Uh, Talon Tosta is still there. He's still he's still underrated somehow. I think he's been around for a long time as that kind of like six slash eight. Um, he hasn't really 
I think fully lives up to his potential yet. And I think this might be the year where he has to. Um, and then I think Colorado's defense is solid with Jack Price and uh, Valas Abubatar, the back. I think Abubatar might be the, one of the, the best interleague signings in the past couple of years. Just because how he's trying to uh, steady that defense after time not give, being given a chan- much of a chance at Columbus. Um, but like last week, we have a big question for every team. And we have two for Colorado. Um, has the team taken better measures than last year to prevent COVID? I th- they're trying to tie in with each other. Can the team stay healthy enough to, to compete? Uh, team, um, we made fun of them in 2019, had the plague. Turns out they were just, you know, had the plague before it was cool. Uh, they were hipsters that way. And can they stay healthy? Sasha? I would hope so. They were, they, this year we have a vaccine. This is a year where, like, you don't really have an excuse. Like, I I feel like we let teams off the hook last year because it was the first year of the pandemic. I don't think you should let them off the this year. I don't. I hope that COVID doesn't hit a team like Colorado so badly that we go to a points per game system because I think that was a little bit of bullshit. Um, even though it did benefit us slightly, <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> so yeah, I think this team could be better if they stay healthy. Well, in, in their defense, if you're like if you don't if you went back in time and said to MLS teams like, all right, this is the first year of the pandemic, you have to be very careful, and they they wouldn't hear at the rest. Anything you said after. The first year of the pandemic. There's more than one. <laughs> Excuse me. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we went to FC Dallas. Um, really, really have a hole open there, right back. Reggie Tannen moved to Portugal last year. Brian Reynolds off to Italy. Um, they have so many young players that can do well for this team. Um, his is for a. Uh, Tanner Tessman, Ricardo Pepe, who was the next youngster to be that breakout? And I think you can make an argument for Paxton Pomacol, who might be one of the older ones in that group of youngsters coming through Dallas, but he really, he's been sidelined from in, by injuries so much during his career. If he didn't have a full, healthy season, he could be the next guy to move across to Europe, possibly. Yeah, and he's currently, I think, dealing with a groin injury. So of course he is. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. Poor like guy. you, you called that one. Yeah, uh, I'm keeping my eyes on Ricardo Pepe because, like, I see that kid get subbed in, and he is. It's horrible to say this, but he's feisty, right? A bunch of the way that Barrios was, and so uh, I think when you're younger, you kind of have to be feisty because you're getting shoved around by all these veterans. So, and like we talked about Philadelphia's. Uh, Academy last week and Dallas is is I think you probably top three academies right now in MLS you go Philadelphia, Dallas and New York Red Bulls you could shovel those any which way you want, but the next U.S. young U.S. player that's to move across overseas to play in Europe is gonna be probably to be from those three academies whether it's Caden Clark or Ricardo Pepe or Jesus Ferreira, one of those players is. Make waves this year in MLS and go over to Europe, which is is exciting. It's something to model, I think, for teams around the league. <coughs> Minnesota, <coughs> Minnesota. <coughs> <coughs> so it, it's currently snowing outside my window in April, and it was 
Texas got hit by a storm. So my other question for Dallas is, what is Luchi Gonzalez going to wear <laughs> if, if there's another snowstorm uh, think, when I he's think, playing at home? I think we learned this last year, a high-rolled uh, <laughs> three-button sweater. And he'll look That's fucking... Right. I, I almost said delicious. You know what? Yeah, he'll Dapper? Fucking... Dapper. Dapper's more appropriate. Yeah. So does it with sip of delicious. Yeah. <laughs> that one's for you, Wes. <laughs> Your weird, weird man crush on Luchi Gonzalez. It's not that weird. <laughs> the other side of Texas to go a little farther south. Yeah, south. Houston, Houston Dynamo. Last year's uh, last year was Sasha's favorite team going into the season. <laughs> I cursed them because they finished last in the West. <laughs> um, Lost uh, Marbonotas and Albert Elise last year. Brought in this offseason some uh, good defensive help in Tim Parker from New York Red Bulls. A solid, uh, sorry, excuse me, winged option in Fafa Pitol. And Ariel Lasseter, the Costa Rican international with big money. And also got Matthew Rudy out of free from from Montreal. A solid pickup. Guy just scored 78 goals this season. Um, I mean, you said this. You said this is going to be really bad this year because of Marco March. Why? Is he is he bad? They just, yeah, they just played a, a, a preseason cup, and their last game was against Dallas. So even though it's it's preseason, like this is your rival, you have to show up. They lost three zero to them, and one of those goals, the second one, was scored by Ryan Hongson as defender, and it wasn't a set piece goal. It was like a through goal, and he ran forward and scored it. Like, are you kidding me? In Houston's defense, Holland's head has made those runs before and has scored on runs like that before. But also, come on. <laughs> you, you should do yeah. better. And the question we have for them, will they do better than last? And then that you got to look at who steps up. Yeah. Is is Christian Ramirez going to have a 2017 Christian Ramirez season where he scored 14 goals? Is Darren Quintero going to have a 2018 season where he had... I think 11 goals and a bunch of assists for Minnesota. Is Tim Parker going to be who he was when he's partnered with Aaron Long in New York? And can uh, oh, Tab Ramos tie this team together and get them playing well? Because he's a good coach. But good coaches only get so much time in MLS to do what they need to do. To make it a winning team, and the the parts are there for Houston. It's just I think the biggest question on the Solentai roster is that midfield. Like the, yeah, can can they be consistent enough? Because because that's the name of the game for for all of MLS, right? You can have some really good days and have some really bad days, but you need to be consistent overall, and that consistency needs to be good. If your midfield is like, you know, not showing up half the time. Yeah, and like they showed up a little at the back with Tim Parker. Their offense was never the problem, really, for Houston. It's just that the middle of the park. And it's going to be interesting to watch them this season, I think. Mm-hmm. Went on to lag. LA <laughs> Galaxy. Um, the team of Chicharito, who scored, I think, two goals all last season, maybe even three. Who knows? All I know is that Luis Amaria had more goals last year, which is saying something. Uh, 
they're they're really rating Lee Dolan. They must must listen to our podcast where we talked about how Lee Dolan is in financial dire straits. Um, we got Samuel Grants here from Monaco. The rumors be another player, I think, from Le Dou. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Tom Bodarts on uh, from MLSsoccer.com tweeting that out that they were that deal was in the works. I think earlier today. So if they're like yeah. Minnesota United, that'll happen tomorrow. Um, but also yeah. getting Jorge Villafania from uh, from Portland, a very solid backup at the back, and also Derek Williams from Blackburn, uh, center back. More of a question mark there, I think, than Villafania. Even though he's coming from the championship, which is a very good uh, division, different MLS styles and different South MLS. And MLS does take, there's a learning curve to it, unless you're extremely elite. Oh, yeah. This this is the team. Wait, the question for this team is like, with the new coach, Greg Vanny, coming in, are they going to be able, is he going to be able to turn around in one year? Because it's clear that they they're willing to spend the money on on good players, um, especially in defense where they desperately need it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Is he going to get the the fire lit under Chicharito? Do you think, or do, is it like a whole offense is going to finally be able to to merge together and work together? I I don't know. I think I think if Chicharito doesn't work out, you have to have a plan B. Yeah, Greg Vanny has to have a plan B because Chicharito did not work out in the first season with. The galaxy, he it, he didn't. It, he was he was abject at times in like the build up and also in his finishing. Um, and like last year, most of their attack was crossing the box and hope for the best. Greg Vanny can have probably has a different setup for uh, the galaxy, and hopefully, uh, for their sakes at least, they can become a powerhouse again in the West. I hope I I personally hope they don't. But if anyone can, I think Greg Vanny is a very good coach in this league. I think what he did with Toronto, building them up from uh, one of the worst teams in the division to MLS Cup champions. Sure, he had uh, Giovinco, uh, a healthy out the door, and uh, Michael Bradley with uh, with both of his legs intact and not falling off of his body. But at the same time, like, wouldn't you rather have like, if you went back five years if? Would you rather have Alt- Josie Altador or uh, Chicharito? You would want Chicharito. And even like last year, going into the season, do you want Josie Altador or do you want Chicharito? I think you'd want exactly. Chicharito. So, Greg Vanny has the tools at his disposal. It's whether he can get them in the right order, the right tactic, the right uh, formation to unlock that team's potential. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a lot more afraid of them this year, and I believe yeah, I think in the coming yeah. years than I was last year. Absolutely. Uh, LAFC has a former loon on their squad, uh, Raheem Edwards, um, who showed in flashes, but eventually fell out with uh, coaching staff at Minnesota, and is now I think his fourth team in three years. I think. I think he was at LAFC, where he's at Toronto and Montreal and Chicago and Minnesota. I, He's, he's been on a lot of teams, but up front, they're still very strong. Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi. Um, excuse me. Sorry, I'm drinking Trulies, and they're a lot more bubblier <laughs> than I thought they would be. But I think the biggest question 
well, there's much questions I think for this team, and I think I'm I'm breaking the rule a little bit. I broke down kind of three questions when I'm supposed to only do one big question, but you know, it's 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 our podcast, and I can break the rules if I want to. They're more like guidelines anyway. <laughs> um, who's the striker that lines up between Rossi and Vela? And what kind of striker do you want there? Do you want a, a kind of a deep line forward who can play them in? And come back deep with the ball. You want an attacking, f- more uh, pressing the line, uh, pressuring the defense, and trying to get behind those balls that uh, Rossi and Vela can play. Um, they brought in uh, Bradley Wright Phillips last year. I mean, he was he's old as dirt, and it didn't really work out. But guess who can be that guy in the middle for LAFC? Also, on the other end, entirely of the pitch. Goalkeeper is still a question for this team. And Pablo Cisnega and Kenneth Vermeer aren't the answer to that question. Uh, Trading Tyler Miller really set this team back a little bit, I think. And with all those kind of wrapped up into one giant question, can they finally get over the hump? Can they finally get into the MLS Cup Championship game? Can they finally win that game and take the trophy home? Yeah, they, they had the history. They had the record run of winning the Supporters' Shield, but then they burned out. That And that's the problem when you go so hard all season because, like, we beat them at home towards the end of the season. And that was, like, the first cracks in the in the wall. Yeah. They need to be more tactical, and I think this is where LAFC has, or LA Galaxy kind of has that better advantage over them because Greg Vanny knows how to be tactical throughout a whole season into playoffs. He can get that LA Galaxy team hot, whereas, like, Bob Bradley, I think, is a little... Maybe he's learned by this season, like, hey, it's okay for us to, like, start off slow as long as we get hot at the right time. Uh, so I think that's really – I don't think it's so much the players. It's just about, like, the momentum and, like, being fit at the right time for yeah, them. Yeah, and maybe it's – Bradley has to manage minutes more or mm-hmm. manage minutes better for his star players and make sure that they're peaking at the right time in the season. And for the moment, you've all been waiting for – Minnesota United, fresh off a devastating 3-2 loss in the Western Conference Finals last season to Seattle. Losing Kevin Molino, probably the biggest loss. We've mentioned that before, but also, at this point, might not be as bad. Because Justin McMaster, one of our first-round draft picks this year, has been getting some heat from his teammates in, in practice. And by that, by heat, I mean... Some whispers of, this time would be pretty good. Last person to have that happen in the Loons camp was Hassani Dotson. Now, McMaster has a little more uh, expectations on him because he's his first round draft pick than Dotson did as a late second. But still, to hear that from players, like, do you, expect, you expect to hear that from coaches to an extent, but to hear that from, from other players, they definitely know what's up. McMaster also kind of backed it up by scoring multiple goals in the preseason for Minnesota. Yeah, he's definitely the one to be excited about. Uh, I remember hearing him in an interview about this guy who, like, apparently so skilled at, uh, was it Wake Forest? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, he's super humble, which I think is such a is, is such a great combination, uh, and the fact that his teammates are speaking for him. I hope he gets the playing time. I'd be okay if, like, he started, um, 
if not used as a super sub in our in our opener because i would love to like i would love to throw in something that would like completely blitzes seattle i know i'm, I'm going against my <laughs> seattle roots no, here good, but... good, good. <laughs> let, let the hate flow through you sasha let the hate flow through you <laughs> yeah um, other attacking pieces one at Adelo and uh roman abila abila coming from bota juniors um which i guess now we're bota seniors which is i think uh, I think it was Corey Shreppel who made that joke on 55-1. There's now a Borta du Nord Twitter account, which is fantastic. Um, he's 31 years old. Um, Argentine striker. Has played with Hermosa before. Apparently had bids from, I think, Cruz Azul and the Club America and Liga MX. Um, much bigger profile teams, but he said that Reynoso like, convinced him to come to Minnesota, which is like... Give that guy a finder's fee, right? Come on. That's, that's fantastic. And hopefully they had that chemistry already built up. We already we saw what could happen last year when Reynoso had very limited time with players like Molino and Lude. Um, so to to like to have that connection and going to a new team and to be, to, to be a starter and know that that number 10 knows where you like your runs... That's gonna be that's exciting to me as a as a as a fan to watch them oh, yeah. play together, and I just I I mean the big question here is is Emmanuel Reynoso a legitimate MVP candidate? Because if he is, Loons are a contender. If he was a flash in the pan last year, then we're back pretty much at square one. Well, I'm going to say the most dangerous words a Loon fan could say, and that's, I believe. Oh, no. Sasha, don't. How did you not just combust into flames <laughs> when you said that? <laughs> I think we, for the past two seasons, uh, I've gone into this being like, we're the, you know, or at least the start of the last season, that we're the second best team in the West. I think we need to go into the season thinking we're good enough to win uh, win it all, and I mean that like the MLS Cup. I'm not, not just the Supporter Shield, and we have to play like it. And if that's true, then like it's partially because Emmanuel Rosso is an MVP candidate. I think he's better than Zelrayan. Zelrayan might be a better shooter, you could argue, but Reynoso is like if Busio grew up, grew up in Cordoba and had to play, <laughs> you know, soccer in Argentina, man. And now you're adding another guy from you're adding another striker from Cordoba to play with him up front. Like, how can you not have hope? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a Minnesota fan. That's why how I can't have hope. Uh, we do, uh, Loons do play the Sounders on Friday. Uh, how would you line up? Oh, who would you, who would you be starting 11? I'm springing this on you. I'm sorry. But if you want me to work together and just go from position to position, like, who would you have? So uh, goalkeeper think... in that, who do yeah. you have? Ooh, uh, I think you you, do, you start DSC. Um, I, I agree with you. Just, I think, yeah. Um, he was the hot hand at the end. Miller, you're, he's, still come, he's still coming off double hip surgery. You have to remember. So, until he's absolutely 100%, that's DSC's net. Yep. Uh, Chase Gasper's looking good in preseason, I think. So, starting back at left back. Uh, in fact, defense, I don't think we need to make many changes at all. Like, we got Box Hall, have him start. Uh, Met Nair right back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. 
why am I why am I blanking uh, De- right De- now? Debasi. Of course, yeah, Debasi. Debasi, who yeah. I think uh, tweaked his hamstring in their first preseason game. Um, Brent Coleman was starting the preseason games after that, and so he's the way he likes to line up his preseason games, especially his, his last couple. They're is probably the starters. So we're probably looking at a Brent Coleman opening day start, which great, cool, awesome. Ike, please come back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> midfield. How do you line up the midfield? Okay. This is this. Th- this, this is where, where I need. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I need Heath to actually learn how to do subs. You start Aussie, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you 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 start Aussie, but then at halftime, this is for the psychological element. You sub in Hassani. Right, so you let Ozzy just like take long shots and like fuck with their defense all for you know forty five minutes. Then we put this young kid in who like we know is in the best form, uh, right? And then like and then Seattle's like, what the fuck? Like where's this kid? <laughs> oh, they're like, oh shit, this is the kid that we let like slip through our our, our academy or let our state, you know? Uh, that's how that's how I landed up. Um, so so you you would start Ozzy. Who's his midfield partner or partners? Uh, that's it's true. I, I I think. Well, well, keep it the same. Like we uh, I'm having a guy. I'm having another brain fart. Are there international player from? Yeah, yeah Andre Goose. Greg, yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll keep Jan Greg Goose. Yeah, keep him there. He's been fine. Uh, I I like him. I I think Jan Greg is is one of the underrated passers. Um, his diagonal balls to the wings are very good. Um, in my midfield. I would probably start Will Trap over Ozzy, which is I know it's not religious, but I want Ozzy to have that full twenty minutes of spite and anger to come <laughs> on the field and just piss, just pissed off he didn't start and just ruin some people in Seattle. <laughs> um, I think you put Jan and next to him, and then moving forward, I think you start Hassani as like an eight slash ten. And then have the wings left side be uh, Reynoso, right side be Lude, and then up top uh, Abila. The, the way I'm thinking of uh, Reynoso would kind of probably drift towards the middle, and like why not? He's one of the best, best pass. He's probably one of the best passers in MLS. In that way, Dotson should kind of like drift out, to, out wide to the left and be another outlet to run past defenders. And we saw him make those runs into the box for the U23s. So I think that I could work. Maybe I just want him to be in the starting lineup because I think he needs it at this point. I think he deserves it also. Yeah. So who, I don't think he deserves it. Yeah. So who do you, who do you have? Uh, mine would be loot out on the right. You have Reynoso in the middle. And I was thinking maybe, you put McMaster on left. Ooh, ooh, I like it. So, that's uh, I, I just kind of want to see what the, what the kid has. Like, give him some faith and see how he repays it. You know, it's the first game of the season, so that's also the one that we can be like, oh, we're we're facing Seattle if we lost, and blah blah. It's like it's easy to make excuses, but what if we go and we smash them and we put McMaster out to start? Then it's like, well, I was so smart. I knew how good this kid was. You know, I just you know, <laughs> yeah, he looks like a genius then. <laughs> Exactly. Or if you bring him on as a sub and he's like scores a late winner, I'd also like did it hit in. He he's looked fantastic in preseason. Did him some game time in like a, a natural game. I 
when when the loons drafted him, he was described as a Kevin Molino type, and I hope he's like that without the hamstring injuries. Yep. Um, Let's move on to the to Tastadia. Let's put pit stop in Tastadia, Portland. Your favorite team, right, Sasha? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Um, Sebastian Blanco. He's supposedly coming back. He tore his ACL last year. Nias Gota also tore a ligament uh, later in the season than Blanco did. Blanco had an MVP caliber season until he got injured. Will he be fully healthy? Um, they signed a couple fullbacks as as uh, to replace Villafania. Uh, Claudio Bravo, not the goalkeeper, but the fullback. <laughs> and also, Jose Carlos Ivan Rankin. Rankin? We'll, mm-hmm. we'll learn it from the from the uh, announcers. Um, <laughs> and Sashi, you have a very important question that I can't ask. I think you have to ask it. Yes, yes. Will this finally be the year that Giovanni Severici gives me my Earth badge so I can face the Elite Four? I have been waiting so long, my my friend. And we beat you last year in the home opener. I thought that was enough for me to get my Earth badge. Well, but apparently it wasn't. Well, the thing is, like he's he's also the head of Team Rocket. So you have to beat him at the Team Rocket headquarters as well before you even face him at the at the Providence gym. Park gym. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, you need to, you need to have like like it's green everywhere there, there. But he's Earth, he's an Earth guy, so you have to bring in like grass Pokemon or water Pokemon mm-hmm. or fighting. I think fighting would help too. I don't remember. It's it's been it's been a long time since, since I played red, blue, or yellow. I have my shiny Reynoso, so uh, silver-haired <laughs> shiny Reynoso, so I think that'll be enough to beat his team. <laughs> Reynoso, uh, use the through ball. It's super effective. <laughs> what, what, what's the real question, Sasha? The, uh, will Obobese and Felipe Mora have better years than they had last year? Because they had they had good years. Um, Felipe Mora got seven goals. Uh, was it 11 assists? No, oh, I... I yeah. have no idea. Sorry, I, that might be wrong, but he had he had decent year. Will they step up to even have better ones, and will that will that be ch- change be enough? Because I feel like this is the year some teams are going to be on de- decline. Can they smell blood in the water? I mean, uh, Jeremy Bobasi, I think, is will forever be known on this podcast as the one who got away. Um, he probably should have been the first overall pick instead of Abu Dunlady, and I mean, more power to him. He's doing so well in Portland. If he makes that next step. He could be playing in Austria, Switzerland, Belgium next year, or Portugal. Um, if you can stay healthy as well. Um, I think he's on the precipice of being one of the most dangerous, dangerous attackers in MLS. Yeah, and it, clearly they're coming to the season in form if they're winning right now in CONCACAF. Yimmy Chara also, like, is that threat you know he he's the younger chara brother but this is going to be the year where he becomes the chara uh, i think from and takes over so yeah uh we went to real salt lake um beckerman is dead long live kyle beckerman actually he's <laughs> he's not dead he's just the head coach of the utah valley university's soccer program he's he, t- he retired last year which is insane because you know, in his 60th season why not just go to for an even hundred <laughs> Um, right. They have eight homegrown players on their roster that probably should be 
starting. Um, they also added Bobby Wood. If he, this is a good signing in 2016, but does he have anything left in the tank? He hasn't played really at all for like Hanover. He's been playing for or Hamburg. One of the two, but he Hamburg, like Hamburg was like forced SV, yeah. to like train alone. Yes, he was forced to train alone. He actually played last week for the first time in a long time and stored for the his first goal since 2018. So, is he going to be anything? Who knows? But yeah. uh, the bigger question, I mean, we alluded to this earlier in the NWSL segment, but can this team wash off the stain of Deloy Hansen and have a good season? Deloy Hansen... You just Google him. He's a horrible, horrible racist who said lots of inflammatory things and also happened to own Real Salt Lake and uh, Utah Royals and uh, Real Salt Lake Monarchs. Um, he doesn't anymore, which is good, but also that just that doesn't just go away. So, yeah. Yeah. How's this going to affect the supporters group? How's this going to affect ticket sales? Um, are, like, because they were like, even if they're operating at half capacity, can they fill all that, or have they got a bad reputation now? Um, I think the answer is you gotta. Dillo Hansen, I feel like, is also kind of tied in with all this idea that these older guys deserve their playing time, like Justin Miram. And I'm not saying they don't, but I think at this point, it's like you know what? Let's complete completely watch the slate and give all these homegrown players, or at least most of them. A, a chance because RSL has been too many years of old guys like Kyle Beckerman not not showing up after they were champions once so yeah um, along with all those lines like I think Ochoa I know he was playing in preseason I think he should get some more time and goal even though Putna is a good is a decent keeper like I think it's time to let the let, let the let the kids play yeah and that's a team that we play in Real Salt Lake a couple times this season. Put Ochoa in goal. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, play your kids. It's going to only benefit you in the future, whether financially or on the field. Uh, moving on to San Jose. Speaking of playing the kids, Wanda was <laughs> bad for another final season in MLS. Wants to draw with a bang again, apparently. Um <laughs> They haven't really proved, improved at the back aerially. Last year, they led in a lead high 14 goals on set pieces last season. Big question for San Jose, I think, is uh, does Matias Almeida stay in San Jose? Um, he was linked to uh, Cruz Azul in the offseason. He was linked to the Chile uh, national team job in the offseason. He was linked to another team like right when he signed, like a month after he signed, is like a couple years ago as well. He seems like a, a coach who's always wanted by another another's better team. Um, I, does, does he stay? I think he's a good coach for San Jose. They, they definitely play better under him than they did have under previous their previous coach, but they, they're still a little fragile at the back. Um, and they're bad at set, at defending set pieces. Yeah, uh, last year in the playoffs, like Almeida got the best he could out of of San Jose because I honestly think San Jose was gonna like flop over to SKC, and he took it to like a shootout, and there was like three goals on each side, 
which just shows how bad the defense was on both those teams. <laughs> but yeah, like the fact that Matisse Almeida lost only on a shootout. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think he's probably going to be moving to a better team soon. Yeah, I think this might be his last year to do to pull up some roots and I mean, make the playoffs. Definitely baseline, but advance at least one more round. Uh, we go on to your other favorite team, the Seattle Supersonics. I mean, uh, the Seattle Kraken. I mean, uh, the Seattle Sounders. That's it. Okay, so before we start on this, what objectively, what do you think of the Kraken logo? Because I think as an NHL team, like that was kind of cool. Oh yeah, the Seattle Kraken logo, colors, and like name, all across the board, A plus. And the branding also, like. The announcement video was fantastic. I'm really jealous that they probably didn't take a really good player from the Minnesota Wild this year. Like, I don't want them to take Jordan Greenway or Matt Dumba. Oh, I don't want if they took Dumba, I'd be sad. So sad. Um, and and to go along with that sadness, uh, Sounders are feeling plenty of it because Jordan Morris, one of the biggest playmakers, is injured. He got tore his ACL when he was over in Swansea. Um, the video is heartbreaking. They also lost one of their uh, older veterans, Gustav Svensson. Um, did help bring in some more old guys. They brought in, brought in Kellyanne Rowe, who's a hometown favorite, and Freddie Montero, which is he's an old, old-time hero when they first joined the league. Um, they also fi- finally finalized a deal for with Jao Paulo, so he's returning for a second year. But I still think even with all that, this is going to be the year that we start to see Seattle decline. Um, because, like, you know, they, they got blown out. Like three zero in the final, that's not something I think anybody thought was going to happen. Um, no, not at all. And and so my question is kind of: Can the Sounders win without Jordan Morris? And by that I mean like win in playoffs. And I honestly don't think so. He was he was that difference maker so many times in the in the in the close games in the rain against Portland uh, or against LAFC, you know. So. Uh, Unless they, I don't think they have they have a lot of homegrown players, but I don't think they have somebody who's already stepped up. Maybe Danny Levia or Shandon Hippo, but I'm not holding out for it. Oh, do you are you still afraid of them this year without Jordan Morris? I'm always afraid of Seattle. We've never beaten them, so yeah, I'm always afraid going into a game in Seattle. I think. Uh, I'm blowing down his name, Brian. What's the last name of the coach? Oh my god. Brian Schmidt. Sh- uh, Schmetzer. No. Schme- Brian Schmetzer. I think he's one. Yeah. He's very tactically knowledgeable and very good at making adjustments on, on the fly, even though he looks like an accountant for the team instead of the <laughs> coach. Um, yeah, definitely afraid of them. They always seem to have some like veteran they sign from the. Like, the Swedish third division that comes in like, oh yeah, I'm really good now, and just dominates, and it's frustrating. So, yeah, I'm I'm afraid of Seattle, always. So, into a team who, that I'm no longer afraid of, because we beat them 3 nothing <laughs> in the playoffs, Sporting Kansas City. Uh, right back, some questions there, Jalen Lindsay or, or Zussi. Um, they've been vulnerable at defense for a long time, ever since the yeah. Daikapara trade. Yeah, and uh, even with Gotti Kindi and uh, Gotti Kinda and and Busio as your offense, like th- those guys shouldn't have to do all the running back 
for defense because your your center backs are caught off position. You know, like you need to be ready for that play uh, ahead of the play, and they haven't been. So I honestly like this team got gave up three goals to San Jose, man. Like <laughs> that's all you need to know about how bad the defense is. And and they got ripped apart by uh, Emmanuel Reynoso. Yeah. He saw the defense and started lifting his chops, and it was beautiful to see. Um, I mean, Johnny Russell's still there. He's still a fantastic winger. Didn't on an age. I think he's 33 now. Uh, opposite of that is Gianluca Busio, who officially is going to be wearing the number 10 jersey. Um, probably another one who's who won't be here in a couple of years. If everything goes well, will be overseas playing in Europe. Um, he's 18, which makes me feel very old. His facial hair is way better than mine could ever be. Yeah. It's, it's it's just not fair, Sasha. What am I doing wrong? Well, it's not fair that he's probably going to be like playing for Bayern next year or by this summer. Oh, jeez. <laughs> or, or Bayern two for a season before he gets brought up. <laughs> he is that good though. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the big question as for intensity that has been for a while since the Akapara trade is can they finally fix the defense? They shipped Akapara to Minnesota thinking they had a replacement. Their replacement was not very good. And they really haven't been able to shore up the defense ever since. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not saying Matt Beasler is good, but <laughs> not having him and having him over in Austin in your conference opponent isn't good for you either. So, no, I don't think they can fix their defense. And finally, we're on our last team, the oft, often forgotten Castadia team, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Um, they've. they've uh, took a page out of Minnesota's bush and acquired a Gaspar at fullback. Um, Portuguese player Bruno Gaspar from on loan from Sporting. Also got Debar Casiedo from Deportivo Cali, a winner whose discovery rights they acquired from Columbus. Um, couple questions. They still have one DP slot open they can fill. <coughs> sorry. Oh, man, sorry. <coughs> also, Abundance of riches at goal in Maxime Carpeau and Thomas Assal. Who starts there? Is it someone who's, you know, basically whoever's healthy, I think, but I think you have to have Carpeau day one. Uh, whoever doesn't have PTSD from last season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's kind of no, true. That's mentally. true. That's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> Um, big, um, big question for Vancouver is: Is this the year that Marcus Chanos finally runs out of time? Um, he's had he's a good coach. We saw him in NASL at, at Ottawa, at San Francisco. Um, he was, I think, he was an assistant coach at LAFC. I want to say before doing the Vancouver job. Um, he's a good coach. We've seen him do well at NASL, but also he's been there for two years. He's been tactic- tactically inconsistent. His uh, big signing, uh, Huang Inbom, the I think his first DP signed is now gone back, I think, over to Korea. Um, he, does he find a system, stick with it, and is that system successful? And if it's not, does he have a job? I honestly don't think he has a job in summer if he isn't beating teams like uh, 
LA Galaxy, RSL, SKC. Like, you can't be getting those wins at the end of the season like they were two years ago. You have to be getting those decisive wins early. Because if he isn't, I think he's seeing the door, like, in July. I, th- I think you're right. I think, especially with Vancouver, how poor they were. I mean, their past two seasons have been also very poor. Just, there wasn't really a whole lot of progress between season one and season two for Martha Santos and the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to our final segment, our brand newish segment that started last week called the Penalty Shootout. In the Penalty Shootout, we go back and forth with some just quick hitting news from across the world in soccer. Sasha, I want to start it out. Yeah, uh, horrible news as Chelsea and PSG <laughs> advance in the Champions League. Uh, Chelsea beating Porto, uh, I think, uh, 2-1 on aggregate. And PSG uh, advancing on away goals because they uh, are, yeah, because they uh, went 3-3 with Bayern Munich. Speaking uh, of Bayern Munich, uh, rumored now that Bayern's head coach Hansi Flick will become the German national team coach after the Euros, after the season is over, before next season. Uh, also rumored that Julian Nagelsmann of uh Roger Ball Sport Leipzig, who is the coach to replace him at Bayern. I'm going to just quickly say that is such a Bayern move of like, we not only taking the players of teams that can beat you, but then taking the coaches yeah, absolutely. Uh, as well. They're the biggest team in Germany for a reason because they just like, no, we're going to take you and you and you and you. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's garbage. <laughs> Big bank takes a little bank every time, apparently. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, coach Eddie Hutter uh, activates his release clause and will leave at the end of the season. This really sucks because they're in fourth place right now, one of their better finishes, which would be one of their better finishes and Champions League. And he's such a good coach. I'm going to miss him when he goes. Uh, Atalanta coach Gian Piero Gasparini faces a 20-day ban for interrupting a random drug test of one of his players and forcing the player back onto the training ground. Which is, like, bold, like... Yeah, <laughs> like this, they'll never, they'll never get, they'll never catch me. Like they know who you are. <laughs> Where you? They also know the player they were testing. They're just gonna test him again. Like, I don't understand the the thinking behind this. Uh, speaking of not understanding the thinking behind this, PSG has decided to uh, <laughs> sign a contract extension for Neymar. I assume somewhere in the contract he has to like play more than fifty percent of Champions League games for the next three years. <laughs> He played today and... Yeah, it hit the crossbar like four times. That, that one shot, though, like, it's, oh, it looked really good. Hopefully this means that they can't afford Tillian Mbappe and he'll go to Liverpool. But, you know, who's, who's really counting the money at PSG? Uh, Monday is Hoffenheim versus Leverkusen tie that already happened. Will be the last Bundesliga match to take place on a Monday night. The introduction of Monday night match matches started with the 17-18 season and was wildly unpopular with supporters, supporters across the entire league, uh, protesting the Monday night kickoffs. And finally, after three seasons, the league listened, which is great. Only in Germany would they be like, no, no Monday night football. It's for work. You can't be getting drunk (laughs) before Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, Eredivisie side Otto Den Haag takeover failed after the buyers never paid the agreed amount. Um, Um, Yeah, I, this article, basically, they're owned by a Chinese company, 
and they would be sold to a different company. And the company, like they had, they like signed the papers and everything. They had an agreed amount, and then on the date they're supposed to be paid, just nothing happened. Like they were ghosted out of this out of this deal, basically. Wow. <laughs> and then great news for this podcast: both Liverpool and Arsenal won their Premier League matches this weekend. All is well. Panic over. Right, right, right. Yep. All right. Cool. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine, Sasha. <laughs> yeah, we'll both make Champions League. What are we worried about? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. All right. Where can the good folks find you at on online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Alexander Sor Sloth. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you can find me at. Real Caleb FC on Twitter at Caleb Olson seven which sits on Instagram. Also, you can follow the podcast at TWO United Fans on Twitter and Instagram. We have, I think we have a Facebook page, but Mark Zuckerberg is a fascist, so don't follow us on there because I never post on it anyway. Um, like and uh, rate our podcast five stars. It helps us out immensely. Helps us find new listeners. Uh, special thanks to our lead commissioner Eric Olson. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash TWO United Fans. $3 a month gets you access to our Slack channel. The season's going to start. It's going to get hot with talking about games and stuff. I don't know. Maybe we'll do, we'll meet up at Blackheart, which is safe as well with our Slack people and Patreon people. And just like hang out and drink together. It would be fun. Um, also, thanks to Tectonics. Release of their song Lustless as our theme music. And... As always, shout out to the mad villain, MF Doom. Rest in peace. Peace.